We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. It is kind of weird to be like, how? where do you rank... Uh, at best, let's call it 70% of the ability of a player that's playing probably 55% of the season and who has actually never played a full season in the Premier League. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast, a two-time finalist for the Fantasy Sports Raiders Association Podcast of the Year Award. For some of the best daily and season-long fantasy soccer tools in the industry, including detailed stats packages, projections, and more, please visit rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, please enjoy the show. Do you want to lead off? Yeah, sure. Okay. Great. I'm ready when you are. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Rotowire FPL Fantasy Soccer Podcast. We are back. Do, 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 do. Andrew's back. Do, 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 do. Gotti's back. Do, 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 do. FPL. Do, 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 do. You've That's been working on that happened. for a while, haven't you? Yeah, well, I mean, I tried to do like a review of, uh, of what's, what's, gone, what's come and gone since the last time we podcasted, which I believe was in November, and I think that was one of them. Oh. Okay. So, you know. And also, I mean, I figure I'd give you something to play in the recording for the beginning, too. Um, yeah, but then it's just playing twice, like back to back. Yeah, that's true. I'm sure there's going to be a terrible take that I can take from later. That I can put there. <laughs> well, 
<clears throat> as I was saying, we are talking FPL today. We are talking specifically about our new rankings, which can be found on the rotowire.com website. Uh, Andrew, if you want to give a little more details on that, because, you know, you posted them. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Mike and I did a top 201, uh, because, uh, we did 200 last time and we just thought we'd step it up a notch. Literally one, one, notch. just one though. Uh, we don't want to get crazy, but, uh, we, you know, when you sit down to do these rankings, you realize that at some point it doesn't matter. Like there's a clearly, I don't know what the number is, but at some point you're just like the next 50 guys are probably all the same. But it's just a matter of how you look at it. Either, you know, if you want to put the guys with more upside ahead of the others, they were a little safer. But, like, it's really kind of a bunch of guys. So, um, yeah, we did that. We also broke them down by position. So if you just go to rotowire.com slash soccer, you'll be able to see all of the, um, all the guys together. And you can sort them by position or overall rank, either our average or each of our individual ones and uh, we have them open for all RotoWire subscribers so if you're not a subscriber and you want to check them out you can go to rotowire.com slash soccer trial and that will give you uh, 10 free days on the site no credit card is required and we actually have obviously a ton of other stuff on the site that's not just rankings and so yeah there's stats they have numbers and uh there are Very a lot of good analysis. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if you like numbers and you like FPL, or we have them for a bunch of other leagues as well. So if you happen to be playing in a fantasy Bundesliga ma- uh, league, then we have those too. So uh, yeah, that's the pitch. Uh, yeah. You can pitch, do you could do fun with numbers, and the and the and the most fun with the best number is that your overall ranking will go up because we're pretty good at this. Uh, we're okay at it. You were coming off your best FPL season, which is why you won't even care to do this this year. You know, um, I touched the four digits for one week last year. It's fun. I did that two years ago. And uh, you yeah. feel like a pro and then realize it's just and, all luck. Well, here's the thing. Here was the big difference from last year from previous years for me. Um, we wild carded early in the first half of the season. Yep. After the first four weeks or something like that. I think the first international break. And then... Um, I just basically picked whoever one else picked at that moment in time, and that was it. That's all. Yeah, just yeah. You played. That's all you needed. The ownership uh, game, as opposed to actually deciding who you think is a good play. Yeah, yeah. Like it it makes sense. It's very humbling because it was right. You know what I mean? You know, know, like like the wisdom of the masses surprised you. The wisdom of probably a few that was followed by the masses. Yes, Mm, I like that because yeah because. You know, it, and this is this was one of my chief complaints, right? Like, unless, if you don't get it right in the first month of the season, you'll never get above like nine thousand. You know what I mean? Uh, it's it's hard to make the make it up, um, but and it's funny because you're like, well, why should it matter if you if you have like a huge week um, in game weeks uh, f- fourteen to eighteen instead of one to four? Like, why does it matter? And I think people don't realize that it, it doesn't matter because your huge weeks um, only can catch you up so far because, like you said, the masses are following those who are up top. So, like, ownership-wise, you're really not going to be able to make up that ground because there are already so many people ahead of you, and they're yeah. all making kind of the same decisions. Um, 
Yeah, and it's, and it's it's hard to make up the ground if you had, let's say, last year if you had Salah and Hazard in your lineup in the midfield because everyone had that, mm-hmm. right? And you know your big weeks from Salah and Hazard, which came all the time, right? It came all the time, and even in a down year for Salah, by the way, which is a great year for everybody else. Yeah. Fact, who won was, the Golden Boot? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and he and I mean. They were they were criticizing his play because he didn't outperform everybody else by enough. Right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, and, but, but you know, if you didn't have those players for one, you were missing like two of the top uh, scorers in FPL, so you were never going to make it up anyway. Mm-hmm. But if you did have them, because it was easy to slot other people in, because people had figured out a good formula, um, you were you were toast. Yeah, I am. Um... I've seen a bunch. I mean, obviously, people are starting to gear up for FPL. We're obviously doing the same. But I saw this uh, Twitter exchange yesterday, and I can't remember who it started from. But it was basically like, here are the things you you have to do to be competitive. And um, one of them was essentially that early on, you have to have a very balanced team. Because if you don't, you know, there's rotation early in the season. If you don't do this, blah, blah, blah. And the first response was like, uh, and the person finished, they were like, oh, I was in the top 10,000 until whenever, December or something like that. And literally the first response was like, I went with all like minimum price bench players and I was ahead of you in December. So like clearly like the total opposite way to play it. And it's there, there's no like right way to play FPL. Um, luck plays a lot into it, mostly injury luck as opposed to anything else. But like the... This idea that people are like, this is how you play um, and p- how people examine what the players in the top thousand do and just try to copy it, even though if you're just copying, you're never going to be able to catch up because they're doing the same. You know, you're doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean we can't try. Yeah, I mean, I, I, what I enjoyed watching casually throughout the season was our friend John Wallen who did the all differential team all year mm-hmm. he didn't care about what place he was in he didn't care about the points because yeah. he would he would just do like negative 24 point transfers or something like that just you know be, and with because he already wild carded and he just wanted he had to his thing was he I think it was under 10 percent ownership I thought it was only under, players uh, maybe it's under 10 yeah under five uh, I forgot. ridiculous yeah, I think it was under 10. I think it had to be single-digit ownership. It was something like that. There was just a low percentage of ownership. And it was just a gimmick lineup, right? But it was a good way to actually see, like, hey, these guys could be differential players, right? Like, yeah. the, this is what I would suggest as a differential. Um, but that was fun to watch, at least. Um, it, it, those are the little things that kind of, that kind of you know, kept me going, even though, you know, I wasn't really changing my lineup much. But anyway, we're here to talk about this season, not last season, um, where we both did actually pretty well. But for this season, you know, we did our rankings and to, let's, uh, let me peel back the curtain a little bit because usually FPL releases its game about a month before the season, which would put, you know, July 8th, July 9th somewhere, right? Be right at the month mark. But yeah, eh, you know what? Let's do it uh, five and a half weeks early just because <laughs> that's what that because because why not? People yeah. were asking for it and it was ready, basically. Like they, they did preview prices of just two or three guys and then released the game. And then released the game, yeah. It's, or five, it was five people, and then they released the game. Yeah. Uh, I think the weird thing about FPL, it, it, certainly this year, is that it opened before the transfer window even opened. So, like, we knew no, that, the, guys, the, we, we were even talking about it. Like, we both ranked Christian Pulisic, Pulisic and um, he wasn't in the game yet. And it was like, well, well we know he's going to he be transferred in, in. I mean, the transfer window for England opened earlier than usual because it closes earlier, right? It closes when the season starts. I didn't so, think it opened any earlier. I thought it was still no, July did. 1st. 
No, uh, maybe for officially registering players, but That's you can I mean. officially but conduct the, your business. But they're not in the game until they're officially registered. So, like, sure. when we did the rankings, uh, the boy Wonder wasn't in the game yet. Yeah, well, we'll probably talk about him a little bit uh, on a different podcast because just to throw it out there for you, the most expensive Chelsea option is at 7.5, which is crazy. You know, of all the options at Chelsea, he's the most expensive, which is also crazy. And the second part is that it's only 7.5. Yeah, but we'll talk yeah, when yeah. we do roster construction more. Yeah, I think we're, we'll have plenty of Chelsea talk on this podcast anyway, though. Well, yeah, I, I wrote down. Actually, <laughs> wrote down? Surprising. Surprise number two. I wrote some things down. Oh, um, well, yeah. at least half of us are prepared. Well, I mean, you know, it's my first time since November, right? I figured <laughs> I'd have a couple of notes. I have one little tiny mini notebook page of notes, and okay. it just has names and positions on them. Um, I want to start off with a couple of thing, couple of names in the overall rankings, um, and I want to focus. I'm, I'm going to focus it mostly on the, if we have a discrepancy, but yep. this is not like a ton of discrepancy. It's just something that I noticed that. Um, we have ranked defenders a lot higher than we used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this is also for like FPL draft from FPL draft players. You put two defenders in the top 10 overall. Does that mean in the first round of a 10 team league, you would draft a defender? Um, I, th- I definitely think about it. I mean, um, cause you have, you have, first of all, the first hot take you had is that Luca Dean, uh, is the top ranked defender. Yeah. And then secondly, that him and Trent Alexander, um, Trent Alexander-Arnold, excuse me, um, are in the top 10 at 7 and 8, respectively. Yeah. Is that bad? It's certainly interesting. Yeah. I, I, I mean, um, the, by the time I got to defenders, I, I ranked forwards, midfielders, and then defenders. And by the time I got to defenders, it felt like this, this is not going to sound like the way I mean it, but I don't know how else to put it. I didn't feel like I had any hot takes yet. And it just felt like my rankings were very boring. And it feels like um, FPL shouldn't be boring. So I was like, all right, I'll take a stand here. I was a big Lucas Dina fan last year. Um, and uh, he was excellent. And so I was like, you know what? I think he might be better from an attacking standpoint, which kind of sounds crazy when you're looking at him versus Trent Alexander-Arnold, who also had a fantastic season. But I think the Everton attack, uh, if they keep Richarlison, is going to be awesome this year. And I think because he plays such a huge role in it, um, I was willing to say that his uh, attacking upside will make up the difference in the Liverpool clean sheets that um, that might push the others up. So, and did you and did the op- did the opening fixtures play a part for you? No. Okay, I, they didn't for me either. I tried to take that out of it. I didn't even. But look. I was just wondering. I was just wondering because Everton have some of the friendliest opening six fixtures, mm-hmm. if not the friendliest. Yeah, um, I didn't even. If look. that played a part, it doesn't at all for me. Good. No, that's the way it should be yeah. because you know we're we're ranking over thirty eight games, not not the first six. Yeah, I think the the problem that I was having while doing the rankings is trying not to be overly influenced by last season, which, which sounds weird because like, obviously that's the most recent thing we have to look for, but the, and how much does it change? How easy? Well, it, it, I mean, it's usually a, an injury situation that tends to make things change or big transfers like hazards now gone. But like 
when you start and you're like, okay, Mosala won, and it's like, it, I, I mean, <laughs> can't stop it, right? That's what it is. Like, I, I'm I'm staring at this like, who do I think really could could be ahead of him? And like, you could say people, but like, really, when you think about it, you're like, are they really going to be ahead of Salah? And it's like maybe. And then it was actually more of a conversation of like, who's two? And you know, we went into that. You and I apparently agreed that it's Raheem Sterling. Yeah, which um, it's crazy. Is it, it? It feels a little crazy, I guess. But um, and then, you know, we'll talk about the whole Man City thing because we differ significantly on some guys. Um, but well, and they and they just conducted and like I told you when we were talking about it, I think a few days ago, like they've been suspiciously quiet. Boom, Rodri. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Rodri. I mean, we knew that was coming. We, it was just a matter of whether he was going to come with other people. but um, And Rodri, I think, kind of greatly affects a guy that you it are does. ridiculously high on. It does. It, there's no other way to put it other than it does. Um, anyway, we, 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 can, we can talk more about it. But I actually want to start with uh, – we'll save that for a little bit later. We call that a tease. So I'm going to start with the least interesting position first in that we varied very little on it because it's the least interesting position, and that's goalkeepers. There's two names that I just want to bring up because there was some significant variance between the two of us. And that was uh, – I'm, I'm assuming that because you just hate Arsenal so much because of how they treated you recently. exactly where they that burnt, Yeah, that burnt Leno that you had oh. at 11 and uh, I had at 5th. That's actually not who I thought you were going to call me out on. No, no, not – I mean we'll get to it, but not yet. Uh, yeah, no, I have, I have – I don't think there's enough clean sheets there. So I just want to, so you, and this is also going to affect another name that I wrote down. You just really don't think that Arsenal defensively, it was, I mean, cause the home road splits were very, very evident. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't think that with all the injuries that Arsenal sustained last season that, you know, players coming back are going to help. No. Like who's helping? Well, Hector Bellerin on the right side is probably going to be a huge help. And, and, you know, uh, if it also depends on what style um, the manager is going to keep this season for you and for Unai Emery, because he had to switch tactics a lot because again he had no defenders left. You know what I mean? Like there was no one left. Yeah, I mean it's kind of a regular issue with Arsenal anyway. So I'm not. I mean if if you're going to go into this season like oh well we could play four in the back and we'll have uh, Socrates and uh, Koscielny in the middle or Mustafi although it sounds like he might. He's trying to leave. Like, there's no name um, that you see with an Arsenal shirt next to them, and you're like, "Oh, that's why they're going to be good defensively." Yeah, I just don't yep. see it. Yeah, and then the other name is Lucas Fabianski. Yeah, former was... Arsenal goalkeeper. Imagine yes, if they had him. <laughs> I was just—it's just because just he's led the league in saves, I believe, last season, and I know that mantle switch changes constantly. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, like. He's been in the top five, I think, like three years in a row. And That's exactly what I was going to bring up, right? He's been consistently in the top echelon of saves. Yeah. And, you know, with another year of Roberto Mancini. Um, no, you know, Pellegrini. West, Pellegrini. She, oh, my God. <laughs> it's, it's because we, we discussed on the podcast earlier that we read a tweet as Mancini instead of Man City. Right. Sorry. Yes, Pellegrini. Manuel Pellegrini. Um, yes, uh, another year of Pellegrini, who is known for being organized, right? Uh, what you know, West Ham should be better defensively than they were last season. So does that mean fewer shots allowed? 
or less threatening shots, like the le- fewer of the ones that go in. I, I don't think that West Ham are going to, you know, put the clamps down, and not let people shoot. Mm-hmm. I just think it'll be more of like the, you know, not necessarily the sh- of the Sean Dyche variety is what I'm going to put it. Like those those pot shots from deeper, which are easier to save. Yeah, uh, if they're it, even but on. yes, but yes, I do think there'll be a slight decrease in saves. Yeah, yes, I, I think. Mine was a combination of expecting a three-year run to regress a little bit and uh, to tr- try to emphasize that the position doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. That, I, I, I think uh, the top goalkeeper on the overall, oh, well, we put a couple of goalkeepers, three of them actually in the top 50 overall. Yeah, but they're the good ones. Yeah, correct. Then to be honest, there's actually not that after. After the first two, after Allison and after Ederson, there's nothing. I wouldn't choose. I mean, if I would, you know, if we were talking roster construction, if you don't have one of those two guys, which by the percentages most people don't, um, you know, uh, most people do have one of those two. If you, uh, you know, you're gonna have to choose at least one of them, or you should only choose one. Sorry, but you choose one of those two because there's a significant drop off after that. Right, and I think the the point that I was making with my list is that any of the guys, I don't think, I think you're not giving Keppa enough credit. I think Keppa's kind of in a, I don't think he's in the Allison Ederson tier, but I think he's above the other guys. Um, no, I mean, he's in, the, he's in the Hugo Lloris tier, who's also very good. But but it just didn't, just didn't happen last season for a variety of reasons, and I don't think those issues were solved. In fact, in Chelsea, uh, well, we case, have no idea. Yeah, we have no idea what <laughs> in Chelsea's Chelsea. case it got worse. But let's yeah. be honest. But but yeah. Uh, so I mean, the the guys like if at the end of the season comes and you're like, wow, I can't believe. Like, are you going to be like, I'm shocked that Jordan Pickford finished ahead of Lucas Fabianski? Like, no, it, it's goalkeeper. Like, yeah, yeah. No, fair, fair. All right, I, I just don't want to talk about um, defenders. Uh, sorry, um, goalkeepers much. They yeah. just don't. You care. brought it up. I know, I know. I just I wanted to cut it off now because we have uh, okay. we have other positions to move on to, um, and I, I we we mentioned him briefly. You had Hector Bellerin, eighty fourth among defenders, mm. so that's not very good. So that, does that mean you don't think he's going to start? I mean, he's hurt. Or do you now. think that Arsenal's going to be that bad? Well, he's um, been hurt too. Right. He's he's been hurt. Uh, I I think their Ainsley Maitland Niles was good enough that. They have no reason to like rush Bellerin back. We know he's going to miss the the start of the season. I mean, he's coming around from a torn ACL, which you know is is still a fairly serious injury, even though it seems like guys come back from them faster than they used to. Uh, whether they come back well enough is another uh, story. But yeah, I just don't think he's going to play enough, and I don't think Arsenal are good defensively enough for him to be for me to even think about him. Like that's how so, I looked at it. I just don't think I'm good. If he's even going to be somebody, I think. About. Yeah, no, that, that that's all. That's all well and good. Uh, and what I thought was funny is you were so high on Luca Dina, but yet I'm higher than you on his other fullback counterpart in Seamus Coleman. Yeah. Uh, who, by the way, outscored Luca Dina in 2019. Yeah, I mean the. I look at just more of the opportunity based on set pieces that uh, it's just I, Coleman is obviously more of a it sounds weird to say he's more of a goal scorer but um, he is more of a goal scorer yeah. he also definitely didn't outscore Dina in 2019 
Oh, like since in the January calendar year 1st? since January of oh, 2019. That's such a ridiculous. Who cares? Uh, it's about half the season. Um, I guess, but I mean, if I'm ranking for an entire season, I think there, there's no. Well, but it's the second half of the season is my point, right? As they settle in, uh, you know, uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. It's how, the, it's how, it, how last season ended. Do you think that's going to continue? No. Which, okay. Well, it sounds like you think at least some of it is. I mean, you, we're all ranking Everton options pretty highly. You yeah. more highly than most. Yeah. No, I, I like the Everton attack. And I consider Lucas Dini to be part of that. And I don't really put Coleman in that same category. Sure. So you think they build mostly from the left? Mostly from Dina, not even just like from the left, like from him. But yeah, I think that's what it is. I like, I really like him. I really like Sigurdsson. I li- really like Richarlison. I wish they had a legitimate center forward. And you really hate Norwich fullbacks or wingbacks. I mean, uh, I think uh, it's a legitimate bone to pick for me at least because I mean that's fine. I think it's I think it's insulting for Max Aaron's that you have him seventy third. Um, I think we are um, skewed by how much success Wolves had last year in thinking that um, promoted teams can come up and succeed right away. And they were such a special case that, like, I don't think you can take anything from what we saw with Wolves last year and apply it to any other team coming up, like, ever. I'm not saying that you have to say that like Timo Puki is going to score, which by the way, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. Cause I love the pronunciation. Mm-hmm. Cause I that's don't want just to be, it now. That's, the, I don't that's want it to be Pucky. Yeah. Oh, I but, wouldn't have said that, but I don't know. I don't or, or maybe, or maybe Pukey. Puke. Yeah. Pukey. Yeah. Well, that, that'll, that'll, that'll actually probably be his season to me. Uh, I'm not saying that you should rank him necessarily incredibly highly, but you know, wingbacks that can get, more attacking returns that will cancel well not cancel out but it will help uh balance the scales for the lack of clean sheets that norwich will uh, norwich will get or will yeah you know what i mean the, the the lack of clean sheets for norwich there we go that's the proper <laughs> sentencing um i think you're completely wrong <sighs> this means i have <laughs> I, I think I, I think in theory I, it makes sense but i don't think they're good enough for that to matter what it like, means is that I'm gonna ha- in our F- in our FPL draft league, which we'll eventually do. That means I have to have at least one of uh, Max Aaron's or Jamal Lewis. Yeah. By the way, Max Aaron's. I, I, th- I thought I saw some bids come in for him, and uh, but anyway, it, it, this is this is my kind of season. It's the Shanigan season. Yeah. So I'm assuming that that's completely baseless, and he, n- neither of them are moving. But um, if Max Aaron's does join a bigger club, I'm gonna be even more um, on that train. Right. Except there's he's probably not starting at a bigger club. I mean, like, like who? What bigger club is he starting for? Who plays left back currently for Arsenal? Um, Kolasinic. <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, he, I mean, going from Norwich to Arsenal and starting right away, not, and yeah, yeah. That, that, that 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 that's not. I mean, I'm just I saying, mean, like, was, we looked I, at I Johnny. And Matt Doherty last year, and we were like, oh my gosh, look what like fullbacks can do. I mean, wingbacks can yeah. do, and they're yeah. a promoted I mean, like, team, and like, a, this is a, a very like, different situation. Sorry, a, a team like Burnmouth is what came out, came to mind for me originally. Okay. You know, maybe a Brighton, um, but, you know, a Bright, uh, you know, Brighton who are looking to be more expansive this season under new management. Um, you know, th- those are the kind of teams where 
you know, the Burnmouth, you know, wasn't slipping last year, but a team that slipped a little last year, like a, you know, maybe even a Southampton, but Southampton have done some big business already. Yeah, so they're, they're, they're not going to be in this game, but, um, you know, I, I love the players that Max Aaron's and Jamal Lewis could be. Mm-hmm. I just hate the team. And if you're right, talking right. about the opening and I'm not going to be proven right in the opening games of the season because Norwich have a awful yeah. first six games. Yeah. So, you know, it's not like and, you know, I'm going to have to eat a lot of crow for this at first. I know it. And I when I when I put the numbers out, I'm like, all right, just take the barrage. Right. We'll take the opening barrage like it's going to be fine. But I think those two guys are pretty special. I think that their average age is 20, something like that. Like it's, they're also crazy young. But I wanted to just point that out. And then you also – so we talk – I mean there's going to be a lot of talk of the th- of the three Liverpool defenders that everybody knows about, which is going to be Van Dyke, who's somehow a half million less than Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold. So Van, I mean all three are going to be very popular, but I'm going to be on Van Dyke more than the other two. Even though I love Andy Robertson. You know this. I've loved it for a long time. But for for me though, the player that's – not getting a lot of respect here is Joe Gomez, who understandably got hurt, like pretty seriously, but he was great as the center back partner for Van Dyke when they were playing together last season. And I think it, I think as as hard as it is to say, I think the defense will be even better this season for Liverpool than last. And I just from the from the actual numbers perspective, I think you have him so much farther down than I do. Um, yeah, you have him 65th, right? And I, that this, and I'm trying to see where you have other center, like like Joel Matip, for example, who you have at 38th. So you clearly think that Matip is going to be the guy. And I'm, I think this is not going to be a secret, but I think that that fourth Liverpool defender, um, no matter who it is, if they get a consistent run, is going to be a very popular guy. I, I think Liverpool will be rotating because they they can like. They have aspirations to win all these titles. So if it's easy to play Matip some, which I think he's going to be the starter at first, I could be wrong. Um, so it could be Matip, it could be Gomez, it could be uh, Lovren. Like they have guys there that I think that fourth spot is really not as valuable, mostly because it can rotate. And Gomez can even play a little right back. Uh, we saw that last year in the Champions League a little bit early on before he got hurt, that they were playing him against better attacking sides because he's an actual defender versus Trent Alexander-Arnold, who they play more because of his attacking upside. So um, the the ranks on Matip and Gomez are really based on kind of the expectation of shared playing time. But you think that Joel Matip is going to get more, and I'm trying to say I think it's the exact opposite. Yeah. uh, I wouldn't be shocked if it was the opposite. And. We're uh, hopefully updating these rankings every week, and oh, so yeah. I can, you know, I'll I'll adjust that. But I, I the the overall problem is that I don't think there's a, a very clear fourth guy. I think that Liverpool are desperately wanting someone to lock that position down because I think they also want to transfer out someone like Dejan Lovren, yeah. who they don't really want to hold on to. So I think that they would like to have one of the two of. Matip and uh, uh, or Joe Gomez lock it down and every time I saw Joe Gomez play center back it was with with Van Dyke it was great yeah he's very athletic 
he's he they're both athletic and they both can make up for the others if they occasionally will have a, a misstep um a misstep tactically uh the other can make up for it with their athleticism and i think that like i said before you know there's a good chance for me that liverpool's defense is better than it was last season and it was still damn good last mm-hmm. season mm-hmm. yeah i i mean i guess i guess all right another name david louise why do you hate him i have him eighth you have him 29th uh that's another one. Like, are we? He, he's definitely starting every game. The only reason why he wouldn't is if uh, is if Lampard is really serious about just turning to youth players, you know. And you can consider technically Andreas uh, uh, Christensen a youth player. Mm-hmm. Zuma, he's back. I know he's back. He's youth. He's he's, he's kind of youth. He's not. Uh, he's kind of youth, by yeah. the way. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, the. I think that the Chelsea situation is is tough um, because uh, one we don't know who's playing. I mean, if, yes, David and Luiz. The manager was just started. officially named yesterday, right? Uh, now that Instagram's back up, um, oh, that was so great. <laughs> but like three goals last year, I mean, that's he's probably not doing that again. That was obviously a big part of his um, of his value. And I mean, the sixteen clean sheets. You don't think they're going to be as good defensively? So why is he so high? I mean, so high is strong. I mean, really? Eighth, for for a team, do you think that they're not going to finish in the top six? Of course I do. Right. I, of a course top, I think they will be in the top six. Sorry. Yeah. Right. Like you know, a top six defender. I mean, I'm obviously thinking that David Luiz is going to start every week. I think it's the other position that would be in flux. I think David Luiz is one of the leaders of the team, if not the leader of the team. I don't mm-hmm. care if Cesar Espilicueta is the captain. The fact that he couldn't translate for a Spanish goalkeeper when he speaks Spanish to come out of the game <laughs> for the manager speaks volumes about his leadership. Or doesn't speak. That's my point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, but, I mean, David Luiz and Rudiger are the more the vocal leaders. Yes, yeah. Uh, I, what's shocking to me is how pro-fullback you are and here you have a center back in the top 10. Yeah, he also takes set pieces. Attacking Occasionally. Ones. And he doesn't score on them. Like, that's the other thing I just thought of in my head. Like, he just, he's there for window dressing most of the time. Mm-hmm. And when he does kick the ball, it goes into the third yeah. or fourth row. Yeah, if he's lucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I just, I, the goal, I don't but think. But he's still there. Yeah, I don't think the goal returns are, are enough for him to, maybe, I, I guess I'm, a, I'm low on him, yes. I, I yeah, I, I, th- I think I'm high because I'm also biased, and I think you're low because you don't think he's going to play. And I'm, and I think that's. I think you don't think I, he'll play. It's just I'm not sure. It's again. I think there, there. It's the the possibility of rotation is there. Yeah, I think. But then, how do you put John Stone sixth? Because <laughs> I think he's fine. I don't. You, the <laughs> Nicholas Otamendi is a much bigger threat in your mind than mine. Oh, I actually think that the that the center back pairing is not on the roster yet. <laughs> I think I, I, there is no way that Pep Guardiola uh, goes with John Stones. He never trusted him anyway. Nicola Otamendi was getting consistent playing time, you know, over John Stones for periods of last season. Uh, Stones was hurt for a little bit, and I, I don't. Uh, I think Stones and and Laporte are the guys. That's why I ranked him there. I know Laporte's the guy. I do, John Stones is he. First of all, he's not that good at defending, and secondly, I, I just I think Pep Guardiola is looking to 
get an actual center back in there, which is why you hear the Harry Maguire rumors consistently. Mm-hmm. Those are louder for United though than they are. For well, that's all. That's that. That's also to play keep away. Yeah. Well, and also because they have Chris Smalling and Phil Jones. Okay. That's that. <laughs> And Eric Bailly. Don't I think they're trying to keep the, them away. Don't forget the actual best defender of the of the group of Eric Bailly. Uh, I mean, Bailly doesn't seem like he has anything he locked up there. No, that's which, it, which is it boggles the mind. It is a little weird. Yeah. The, uh, and anyway, Aaron Juan Basaka is there now. Sure is. You Going know where else he is? Everybody's Go. fantasy team. I don't know why. I feel like his 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 clean sheet chances went down. Stop. <laughs> uh, they did not. <laughs> he has no attacking upside, though. I don't think no, people none. appreciate that. Like he has none. none. He's not in my fan. He's not in my FPL team currently. Why not? At five five, there's 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 other options. <laughs> like I'd rather have Ben Chilwell. Oh, you can have him too. No, no, I can't because <laughs> I already basically when we do roster construction, I'll I'll let you know. I mean, there's only one person at that range because I, I I basically just the preview a little bit. I'm actually going to take at least two defenders that are six or higher. Uh, I don't think that's and, crazy. And then at the five five range, I'd rather have Ben Chilwell because I mean, the way that I think that roster construction should go is you you'll spend. 17.5, something like that, maybe 18 on your th- three starting defenders, and I don't think you should start more than three. The correct Leicester response is Harry Maguire. But... Oh, who may not be on Leicester. That's one of the reasons. Anyway, we can talk about that when we do roster construction. <laughs> I, I mean, if Harry Maguire, first of all, if, if, if he's on Manchester, you know what, let's play this game a little bit. If Harry Maguire is on Manchester United, does his rank go up or down for you? Uh, it, it pretty much stays the same. I, I'm actually. Does it raise one unnecessarily high on? Is also there. Um, no, I think. No, I think they're they're all appropriately where they are. Like, so, I, so I think Leicester's going to be very. What you're good saying then is there's no material difference if if Maguire is actually on United as opposed to Leicester. Not not material. No. But I like no, him. Not- I like him a, a ton on Leicester. Is what I'm saying. Like I already really like Harry Maguire. No, he's the best forward named Harry at uh, for for Team England. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Hot take. Best target man they've got. Hot take. <laughs> um, no, in games where England is down and they throw a center back forward, he scores. Mm-hmm. Harry Maguire scores. He's a monster. Yeah, he, he's so efficient in front of goal. He always. I mean, whenever people talk about his size, I think in that picture of him and I think it's Theo Walcott, where it looks like Walcott is like barely coming up to his knee, and it's obviously a an angle issue. But yeah, but yeah, he's a monster. All right, let's leave the realm of defenders. We've talked enough defenders. Oh, I want to talk about one. You want to talk about one? There, okay. One, or I'm sorry, there's actually two I want to talk about. Yeah, please. Um, the first one is Kieran Trippier, and. Yeah. You yeah. think he's still good? I do. How come? Old crushes die hard. <laughs> okay. 
but I was right. Remember last year we spoke and I said that I, you know, the England center backs, I'm like, I would take Trent Alexander Arnold, even though I love Kieran Trippier. Yeah. And I think I've been right there too. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, for Kieran Trippier, yeah, you're right. He did have a down season last season, but you know, there was a, I mean, t- Spurs took some injuries too. Like he got exposed because his cover that, you know, Tottenham depends on for the for their system to push those fullbacks so high. Ben Davis, uh, Ben Davis had a down season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny Rose didn't perform particularly well. Serge Aurier Rose was, was red card. Rose was great. He was. I think the I think we're talking Rose about was the, the best fullback on that team last year. I believe that we are all using the like the our original bars of expectations, and Danny Rose's was so low uh, that it, that that it appeared that he was doing really well when. To be honest, it, it wasn't that great. Oh, come on. It, <clears throat> his, his peak never reached even close to what Tri- Trippier could reach. Period. But he was better than Trippier last year. Uh, yeah. I, I, when, yeah. With no Harry Kane, yes, I, I agree that he I, looked better. I mean, I guess. Anyway, uh, the other guy's Matt Ritchie. Yeah, yeah. Um, we got a request from Twitter for Matt Ritchie, too. Um Man, everything looked so good until Rafa left. Yeah, yeah. If they are some, if they are somehow able to prize away Roberto Martinez from the Belgium job, um, that would make it more interesting. Mm -hmm. I, why would Roberto Martinez leave the Belgium job for Newcastle at this stage in time? I do not know. Because national team coaching is boring. If he leaves that job, he should get a better one than Newcastle with that owner at this time. Um, I mean, sorry, yeah, th- that 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 governor or executive CEO, right. whatever. whatever I, I don't want to use the term owner now either. <laughs> the NBA is doing a great job. Uh, if Richie, if whoever comes in and makes Richie a, a midfielder again, does that make you more or less likely to take him as a five point five defender more. in FPL? Okay. Uh, I mean that and the lack of Iosi Perez more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I, I mean, to be honest, I don't care who the manager is. I believe that Matt Ritchie is going to fill that void. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, I'm going to be more in on Matt Ritchie um, probably in that 5.5 range, right? Like between him and Chilwell or Harry Maguire in your case, there's a decent there's a decent case to be made for all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, if you built your lineup based off those three right there and just tried to save some money on defenders, I can't knock you for it. Um, there's some great 5.5 defenders. I have four yeah. of them. Yeah. I mean, that's that that's the sweet spot, I think, is 5.5. But I think that there's separation between the elite and those guys. Sure. Sure. It's because, it's because of the clean sheets. Uh, I yeah. mean, because with Matt Ritchie, you're not going to get any, especially in the first six weeks. Because Newcastle, again, have a terrible opening set of fixtures. And that's yeah. like the third or fourth yeah. consecutive time in the Premier League where they've had that. Yeah. Like it's so hard for them to get off to a good start because they have their their fixture list is terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another. I mean, that's one reason why I think people will stay away from Newcastle. To be honest, when their roster construction first comes out, but if we're talking about overall rankings, I do think Matt Ritchie will eventually have enough attacking returns to negate the fact that they may get ten clean sheets. Yeah. And I, that is that is a maybe. <laughs> well, I mean, it, again, it, it's kind of crazy to like go in to preseason training without a manager, but. It depends who they get. Yeah. I mean, 
it's tough. Like it's tough to predict. Um, Big Sam, what's he doing now? Oh man, if it's Big Sam, if it's Big Sam, Matt Matt Ritchie goes to number one for me. (laughs) (laughs) Because he'll because he'll play left wing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not he's not a defender. He'll have six center backs in there. You just uh, stay over here, cross as many times as you can to Salomon yeah. Rondon, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. And, and Jamal Lachelle, Jamal Lascelles will be the second highest yeah. defense. Yeah. yeah, that's a crazy. Yeah, it's a crazy. It's a crazy uh, team. That team in the Northeast there. Um, it's hard for me to imagine a scenario where Newcastle are a consistent threat, either for clean sheets or for attacking returns, as of today. So I will, as of right now, not really be thinking much about Newcastle. Okay. And it has nothing to do with the player. Nothing. Yeah. But uh, that team, those fans and that region of the country doesn't deserve what's happening at Newcastle. The fact that that region can put 60,000 people in in a stadium in that location consistently – and have a team, have a product that's on the field the way that it is, and it, it's it, it would be as if I'm trying to think of an American comparison because it's just um like I kind of think like it's almost like the Green Bay Packers. Well, actually, it's kind of happened with the Green Bay Packers. They've had Aaron Rodgers for so long, and they've only won once. Um, it, 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 the ma- the management is so bad. Um, it's like it, it is kind of like the Mike McCarthy of management. Like, like they win despite their their echelons of leadership. Yeah, right. It, it, I guess that's the closest example I can give. Um, but it doesn't. It pales in comparison because the follow the Newcastle history, it, it, it lasts longer. Right. There's no other way to put it than than the Packer history and the fan base is just as ravenous, if not more. Mm-hmm. Like I know that I know that people from that neck of the woods like to tout themselves on how much they, you know, live and die for their team. But I'm sorry. It's not even close. Mm-hmm. Um, the tune army is super strong and they used to be bigger than what green Bay has ever accomplished. Mm. So uh, I guess that's the close comparison and that's my diatribe. And it's, it's the second or third year in a row I've made it <laughs> <laughs> because this is not news. Like this is not new news that Mike Ashley is an awful person who's just waiting for more and more of TV contracts and TV money to occur so he can sell at the highest possible price. Um, it's it, but and he and he tanks the team because he doesn't want a large wage bill. Yeah, and that includes man and that includes the management at, at coaching st- at the coaching level. It, it it makes me sick. Moving on, yeah, midfielders. Um, there I have a few names on my list. Um. I want to start with the Chelsea guys just because I'm a Chelsea person. I really had a tough time ranking Hudson Adoy and Loftus Cheek. Mm-hmm. Um, the initial reports that Hudson Adoy may be ready for the start of the season, which is absurd. I, I know that injury. I know the torn Achilles injury. It's it's awful. Um, it's a. It's it, I mean, basically the same injury that Kevin Durant has. And not yet, basically. It is the, it is the it same. Is the same. <laughs> and everyone's like, there's no way Durant is playing in this upcoming season, which would be until basically a year from now. Yeah. And Hudson Adoy is like months removed from it, like two months removed from his injury. Yeah, it, it, it'd be, it would be a return in under four months, something right. like that. It's right. something absurd. Right. So when you're ranking for a 38 week season, obviously. 
how many of those weeks is he going to be, let's just say, 75% healthy? You never return 100% from this, right? Um, at least not your first season back, right? right? So you, you're not going to be able to anticipate his full range of skill at, at first. Unless, I mean, unless Europe has figured out some kind of way to rehab these guys that America hasn't, which is possible, right? There are other... There are other injuries where people will go to Europe to do things that the FDA in America doesn't approve yet, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll find out, you know. But for Hudson Adoy and for Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who have the same injury, um, you know, this sport involves jumping and, more importantly, landing, mm. which is where, which is where, um, you know, the stress on that ligament really occurs. Um, Sometimes you actually have to run in one direction and stop. And then go in another direction, and that can yeah. hurt your foot too. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I mean, it's a it's an awful injury. Um, it, in basketball, it's the it's the death knell. Yeah. Um, you know, w- you know, if you and, well, I mean, the other thing about some of the NBA players is they're just they're a lot bigger. Um. So and the bone mass is the same. So like the ligaments take even more punishment mm-hmm. because they're connecting everything. Um. Hudson so, Adoy looks more like a basketball player than a soccer player, though. He he ain't he ain't seven feet. Well, that that is certainly <laughs> true. But. You know what I mean. Uh, so I mean, when you look at someone like Boogie Cousins in the NBA, you know if you it, you know you can trip him up at any point on the pit on the field yeah. with a phone book. Yeah, like he can't jump over the damn phone book at this point because again that injury is terrible. Yeah, uh, I I didn't realize just how separated they were in my rankings. Um, I have Hudson Adoy like significantly higher. I know. Probably just because, although Loftus Cheek has the goals, I, he's Hudson Adoy tends to play just closer to the goal. But it is kind of weird to be like, how? Where do you rank? Uh, at best, let's call it seventy percent of the ability of a player that's playing probably fifty-five percent of the season, and who has actually never played a full season in the Premier League. Yeah, it's and these options are these are options that you want to have, right? Especially with Hudson Adoy's case, because there's no hazard, yeah. right? And the and the logical replacement is Hudson Adoy with his direct play, and also Pulisic. Uh, well, Pulisic now is going to be the guy that everyone looks at, especially because he keeps scoring for the U.S. and the Gold Cup, which is a meaningless competition against inferior opponents. But we're the inferior opponent on Sunday, but. Sure. That, that's correct. Well, <clears throat> fine. I get it. I get it. The one exception game, right? Mm-hmm. Curacao, right? That's not exactly going to be a tough game, right? Like, that's, that shouldn't be, even though it was. I was going to say, it was a tough game. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's my point. <laughs> I, I mean, this is. I, I don't want it to seem like what we're seeing from Pulisic right now in the U.S. team is going to translate either. So, I mean, he's hard to project right now because, you know, Bundesliga is more open. Um, and he also lost his spot. <laughs> so he's coming off a season where, you know, he lost his position. Mm-hmm. And when you have Hudson Adoy, who looked great in the Premier League when he played, he didn't play enough. Um, and he's now hurt. And then Loftus Sheik, who also looked great in that position, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted Sorry to stay at the end of the season was that those two players were coming along and they were looking like they were good in that system. Um, you know, Lampard is supposedly trying to do the high press thing, you know, just like Sari did and, you know, getting possession back, winning possession up high. Um, I'm so nervous 
that that none of the options at Chelsea are going to play enough um, consistently throughout the season to rank them anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like they're, you're probably going to be better off having a couple of them, like two of them in FPL draft. So you can like play one or the other, whoever's starting. Right. Uh, and hope that the other one like it. Like, and, you know, for FPL draft, you just have to hope that one of them doesn't make a late sub appearance if you don't get the right one starting that week. Right. You know, it's just it's messy. Like the, like like the Chelsea situation is going to be much better in games like fan tracks than it is for FPL. I don't think you're going to see a lot of popular ownership among any of the Chelsea options, defenders included, because mm-hmm. rotation is everywhere on this team yeah. right now. Uh, if they were both fully healthy. Who do you like more? In which format? In FPL? All of them, yeah. In FPL, I'm I'm probably going to take Hudson-Odoi because he plays further up the field more consistently. Uh, I think there'll be more attacking returns. If they're, you know, if we're saying every, if everyone's fully healthy, I would say Hudson-Odoi. Um, and then the debate becomes, you know, with all the chances created and everything, I would say, you know, Pulisic has a good chance. Um that Pulisic and Ruben Loftus-Cheek even, I would actually put um, Hudson-Odoi third in a game like, you know, the old Tag of Tracks style. Mm-hmm. Um, and ma- it, it's, it's, I mean, it's tough. It, it's tough for me because if they're all healthy, I still see rotation. Right. Yeah, I, I think that that's ultimately the problem. I, I think Loftus-Cheek actually has the highest upside. Well, he's always had the highest upside because he's huge and he can do things that not a lot of people that size can do. But I'm just saying, we're, we're talking about hudson Doy being closer to goal. I think Loftus-Cheek actually has more goal upside. Like, I think he'll score more goals. It's going to be hard to test this theory. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's because impossible. both of them are going to return at different times at yeah. different stages in their recovery. And mm-hmm. not until next season, at the minimum. Yeah, we may never actually see either of them the way they were last season. There is That is a non-zero probability. So, yeah. Sure. Th- and especially in Loftus Cheek's case, you know they didn't cure anti-Semitism, and he got injured. Like it was just, it was just awful. What are we uh, doing about Willian and Pedro? Um, Willian, more. I like Willian more than Pedro. I think Pedro, um, I think Pedro has serves his purpose, but I think Willian, they need the dynamism, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to be able to replace that. You know, one on one, I'm just going to beat you. Yeah. Pedro can't do that. He loves to run in the wrong direction, you know, with the ball. Like, if you have the ball in your attacking 18-yard box, he'll definitely dribble it outside the 18-yard box and maybe create a chance. But that's what he does. Yeah. I see it. And he's a poacher. Decent poacher. Poachers can go a long way. Just oh, yeah. The manager just Murray. <laughs> oh, that's, that's even better. <laughs> Very clever, sir. Thanks. All right. I want to talk about a couple of new guys into the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um, you tend to not be very high on these guys anyway, whether it's from promotion sides or whether it's just transfers, mm-hmm. unless it's like a really, really big transfer. Yep. Um, I'm going to start off with a Southampton guy who you ranked 84th and I ranked 32nd. Mm-hmm. So we vary slightly. <laughs> um, Musa Genepo. Yeah. Or DeGenepo, excuse me. He's performing well at AFCON. He's, perfor- he's performed everywhere that he's gone recently. And... I really like the fact that Hoosen Hurdle or, uh, is getting his guys and wants to play his formation, which he didn't get to do last season. He wants to play 4-2-2-2. And Jenepo, 
he slots in to be in that attacking midfielder two, not the forward two, which I believe would be, you know, another new guy in Che Adams who we'll talk about later, mm-hmm. um, and possibly Nathan Redmond up there up front. But that line right behind them, the ability to, you know, as a you know as a midfielder create create chances, get the get the interceptions and stuff, get those bonus points capabilities as well um, from FPL from a midfielder. Um, I think he's. I think he's really a good option, actually, for Southampton. I think he's going to provide a lot of return, both offensively and also in bonus points. Even if he doesn't score, he might get that extra bump. Um, I really like what I've seen so far, and I'm thinking that it does translate because – and also Southampton's history, their transfer history is not exactly poor. They tend to get things right for their big transfers. So I'm also – kind of taking it on faith as well but i've also liked what i've seen recently yeah i mean it all sounds great but yeah i coming into a new league he's not coming in from like a big time league either like he played in belgium belgium excuse me i'm more and i just think that jump um i mean transferring to any league is difficult but i think the jump from belgium is just not going to uh, translate that quickly and so I putting him in a top 35 like that's I just don't see him playing or him returning enough um, to justify it. it's as simple as that. I, I just think that Southampton aren't going to be as bad as they were last season yeah I mean they were I I I agree actually like I think Southampton are I mean obviously when you make a managerial change that um, it's easier to, to make that jump. And so I think they will be better like they were towards the end of last season. But, I mean, we were, got very excited last year about Mohamed Elianasi, and he barely played. Um, and so, I don't know. I just I have a much more uh, stronger side of, and I know you can't really do that in FPL with this, like, wait and see. But I think you're going to be more off, you're more likely to get burned by kind of reaching for these guys coming in than you are for just letting somebody else take it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but in, I think in a draft format, that's someone who I can see waiting, you know, and taking later, you know, in the draft and, and use it and using them, you know, his Southamptonness as the reason for it. Um, you know, I, I, and later on in drafts, that's one of the guys that I'm probably going to have a decent amount of share of shares of is Musa Genepo. Um, yeah. I mean, that's different than saying he's a top 35 midfielder. Oh, no. Oh, well, I mean, I, I think at the at the reason why I'm going to have a lot of shares, because I think at the end of the day, when we go through 38 weeks, um, you know, having, you know, let's just say, I mean, I think he's going to be in the Nathan Redmond conversation among midfielders at Southampton, right? I think that they're both going to be pretty, pretty darn good. Um, and when we talk about the overall rankings, right, when you say when you're in the 30 something range, right, we're saying you're saying now that on average two two midfielders from every other team pretty much or elite like close to two midfielders from every other team are going to be better than the Southampton ones. And I don't think that's true. Uh, OK. I don't quite look at it that way, but that's fine. I mean, you're you're gonna have like five Man City midfielders ahead of them. <laughs> yeah, well, I, like I said, on average, right? Yeah. But you're not gonna have two. But you're not gonna have multiple Newcastle ones. ones. Yeah. Like yeah. you're not gonna. Have, yeah, like uh, you know. So that's where, you know, I think that 
I think it's a numbers game to me. Like when you talk about the top six, I mean, are you going to think that there's going to be like a ton of Chelsea guys who don't play all season that I think that's a decent comparison point to these Southampton's ones that will. Um, I'm not like, would you rather have a Willie on or a Nathan Redmond? We're, we're for sure that Nathan Redmond, well, Redmond, I think is actually the one you know about it's everybody else or, yeah, like, I think Redmond and Ward Prowse are probably the ones you know about. Yeah, oh god, everyone loves Ward Prowse and I still don't. Set pieces and penalties, Mike. Go well, a long way. Oh uh, well, only for one team do penalties go a long way, and that very, that reason may not even be there anymore. No. And I am referring to Luka Milivojevic sure. and Crystal Palace. Yeah, um, you know, ten penalties last year was it? Ten, eleven, something, something like that. that. Yeah. He hasn't. When was I mean? He's only scored what, like once or twice in open play in the last two years. Something like it's something crazy. Open play is uh, for losers, Mike. Everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Well. Also, uh, let me. So let me go into a couple of names here. Um, let's stick with some people who were in the league last season. Um, you love James Madison. You've always have, and now you're going into the top ten yeah. with James Madison. Yeah, I'm all in, Mike. Why not? It's it's actually more of the... the why not? Uh, I can give you a reason why not. Yeah. It's Iosi Perez. Uh, what's he going to do? Doesn't he make Madison better? That's the, I mean, that's the, that's the question I was going to levy to you, actually. Yeah. Do, do you think that Iosi Perez makes him better or worse? I think the move um, of Perez to Leicester helps the guys on Leicester more than it helps Iosi Perez. Like, I think he's actually going to be worse than he was last year, but at least gives the guy, it gives Madison and Damari Gray and guys like that an avenue to, to get more space because theoretically they have to watch out for AOZ Paris. Do you think that all these offensive options play at the same time? I think it's going to be, uh, yeah, I think it'll be Vardy up front and then Madison, Perez, and Gray. And maybe a sprinkling of Harvey Barnes. Yeah, I mean, Brendan Rodgers is not afraid to be all all attacking at the same time. Yeah. Um, we've seen that before, um, and you see and you see that similar construct bring, uh, bringing it to Leicester. It's basically what I'm hearing. Yeah, uh, I mean, why would we think any differently? Hmm? Well, fair enough. All right, two names uh, that I have here. One was injured last year a little bit, but was really good beforehand, and I think a lot of people are forgetting. And another name is, you know, a name that last season just didn't go very well, but I think that he's going to have a huge bounce back this year. The first one is David Brooks, uh, who was injured a little bit last year. You have him at 47th, and I have him 22nd. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people forget how good David Brooks was when he played. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was great, but like I, I, I think he was better than Ryan Frazier. When he when they when they were playing consistently, I think a lot of people switched on FPL in their roster construction last year. Even though Frazier was pretty cheap, David Brooks was even cheaper. Yeah, I, I wonder how much of it was that he, not that he like got tired, but like I mean, yeah, I, but maybe that is it. I think there's just you know the the jump in leagues and then. Um, he just kind of burnt out a little bit, but theoretically that should help him this year because he'll be fully prepared. But I, I, I see the the jump between Frazier and, and Brooks obviously much more than you do. 
or the difference yeah. at the jump. Yeah, no, I mean, you're not, you're not the only one. FPL priced it that way too. But, um, you know, David Brooks, like I said, I just want to put the name out there because I think a lot of people forgot how good he was. Mm-hmm. And it's a name don't for, I mean, I wouldn't, I mean, you didn't rank them so low that like it, it's insulting, but it's, you know, it's, it, once you get to this rank, one, this level of rankings, like when it's, you know, close to 20 spots away, I'm like, I, you know, I think that it's at least conversation worthy. Cause the other one, the other name that I have is Pascal Gross, who I mentioned this before, Brighton are not going to be as conservative as they were last season. In fact, it's hard to do so. Um, Pascal Gross will be heavily involved because simply there's not that many people that can be. And, you know, him and Glenn Murray are the attack. <laughs> and maybe a little Anthony Knockart if you're in, like, a Taga league because Anthony Knockart can do some things. But We get red cards. <laughs> that too. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a little higher on Pascal Gross's ability to rebound this season. I, I think he's going to be very heavily involved in that attack, which is going to be more expansive. So I think more opportunities should abound. Um, I mean, you're expecting like a, a significant jump in attack from a team that has Glenn Murray on the top. I don't, first of all, in the first six weeks of the season, Glenn Murray is going to be a very popular pick because of how inexpensive he is. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily knock that. So, you know, I am I'm on the Glenn Murray train and I'm not normally on this kind of a train. He's 30, what, 6, 33, like somewhere in that range. He's not, he, no spring chicken. Uh, he's my age, which is, which is pretty, you know, that, 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 that's, that's not good. Mm-hmm. If he's you're 35. my age now. Oh, his birthday, September 25th. How about that? He is almost exactly my age. Yeah. <laughs> Those are definitely the guys you want in fantasy. Guys who are exactly. almost your age. Exactly. Yeah. It, that's one of the very humbling things about getting into your 30s and mid 30s now um no you don't want any athlete to be the same age as you right uh and now you actually want your athletes born in the year 2000 or Mm -hmm. later also Mm -hmm. kind of scary yeah um yeah it's um yeah it i mean i i like glenn murray's prospects because he's the only guy (laughs) he's he's it and so you're not expecting uh, a more playing time from uh ali reza jahanbash or He's probably the only Florin Andone or Lacadia, like Nope. <laughs> okay. Nope. I, like like you know, is Kierdo? Is he still was he there? Yeah, is he there. still there? Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe. <laughs> like it's not gonna be um you know, it's not going it's not gonna be a powerhouse, don't get me wrong, but it's not gonna be as flaccid as it was last season. Uh, okay. You you can have Pascal Gross. I mean don't get me wrong, I like him. I think I like Solly March more than most people do but i think that probably has more dfs in it than yeah i think that's just he takes takes set pieces you know that's not even true pascal gross takes some uh they were splitting by the end of the season and knock one's left-footed one's right-footed yeah and how many are they even gonna like i don't know i you're a little more uh confident in in south in uh excuse me in brighton than i am last midfielder topic liverpool as much as we love that forward three, how do you sort through the mess that is their midfield three? Um, who's the third? The forward three? Oh, you said midfield three. No, well, I mean, they have three spots in the midfield. 
they typically play four three three. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, um, I don't think you want any of them unless Alex Oxley and Chamberlain starts. I, which I think affected my ranking is I have him twenty eighth and you have him fifty second. Mm-hmm. Um, only be I mean I think my ranking was oh yeah he'll play, <laughs> you know, and if he yeah. plays that's pretty good. Um, you know, and, and you know Shakiri is there too. He's technically a midfielder, I believe, this season as well. Yeah, he stinks though. So, he, Jordan Shakiri stinks. He, he's You're, not. He shouldn't. He shouldn't play well, over Oxley Chamberlain. He shouldn't play over Nabi Keita, and he shouldn't play over Fabinho, and he shouldn't play over. Well, that's it. He'll play over Lalana, which should be zero. So he'll play more I think than zero. He was averaging something like an offensive return every 110 minutes, something like that, which is crazy. That's crazy good to get, uh, to have that kind of production. I, I, I just don't see why he would play. Like, who is he, who is he playing for? Well, it, it's a, it's a good point. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to say, uh, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to just, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that that isn't a good point. Like but. if if Jordan Shakiri plays regularly for Liverpool, things went terribly wrong, right? <sighs> terribly wrong is strong. Terribly I think he's wrong. The, I think he's the first sub for the front three. Um, depends how they use Ox. Yeah. But even but still, <laughs> why are you taking the front three off? Well, I, I mean, and Origi should come in before Shakiri. Only Origi only comes in for one of them. And that would be Firmino. Well, I mean, they can they can play the other two. With, I mean, they can play Origi with Firmino and Mane. I mean, they can do it. They can do whatever they want. But I just don't I, see Shakiri playing. Like, I don't know why he's even there, other than he's probably getting paid handsomely and he wants some trophies. But like. I don't see him playing enough. Yeah, it's just, I, that whole, for you, Mr. That, like shenanigans, that the guys that phrase. they've been linked with only pushes Shakiri further back. Yeah, true. But I, I, uh, when Shakiri played, he was so good at Liverpool. That's, I mean, the fact that he's a midfielder, you get those extra points. You know, for FPL purposes, uh, him and Oxley Chamberlain are the ones that I really wanted to ask about. Yeah. You know, Fabinho doesn't do enough offensively. James Milner, I don't think he's going to play anymore. He, he can't, right? Like he can't. Even though he takes penalties, he can't play yeah. anymore, right? Yeah, he shouldn't. He shouldn't um, be a regular player for them. Yeah, it, it's it, it. You know, Jordan Henderson is who he is. Like he ain't changing. Yeah, mm-hmm. but. You know, Oxley Chamberlain's the one that I really had my eye on as someone who's, you know, someone who could stand out from that position and benefiting from like the clean sheet points and the escalated points for goals. Mm-hmm. So I really like Nabi Keita. Yeah, that's the that's the last name I was going to bring up. Um, I think he's a forgotten man because he did not adjust well, which most again most people from the Bundesliga don't adjust very well. You know, uh, Kevin De Bruyne. Most people from hurt. anywhere. Well, specifically that league because it's one of the it's like one of the big leagues, right? And you know the German league doesn't always translate very well to the Premier League. You know, just ask Marco Marin and plenty of uh, Andre Schürrle. A couple, there's more than a few. Um, 
that's why the Mario Goats of rumors keep coming up with Arsenal. I'm like, no, why? Yeah. They've already failed to that with Mesut Ozil. Like, yeah. why would they, why would you go through that again? Um, he was great in La Liga. You're talking about Ozil? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, he was. Yeah. He was. Yeah. He's he's been an enigma for a long time. Actually, yeah. that guy. Um, but either way, um, I just think that Nabi Keita. I think he's gonna be a better option for like the Taga tracks kind of leagues. Yeah, sure, absolutely. He he doesn't get enough offensive returns yet mm-hmm. for FPL. Yeah. I'm All right, and that. the reason yeah, and so the reason why I wanted to spend so much time on midfielders and defenders is because when I looked at our forwards rankings, there's not a ton of variance there. No, and I think that's fascinating. Right for the position where a lot of people pay a lot of attention and also pay a lot of their budget, it's super predictable. I mean, there's like the occasional thing like I have Vardy much lower than you do, mm-hmm. and relatively you have him fourth, I have him ninth. But that's because I put people like Firmino, Lacazette, and Rashford in there, and yeah. they're all kind of the same. Yeah, totally. Like <laughs> you know, after what Aguero, there's a drop. Yep. Yeah, there's a right. very clear top three, and um. Anybody who finishes, I, I, I think you can almost make the argument there's a top three and that's the only real tier or there, that there's basically two tiers, the top three and everybody else. Yeah, I think there's I think there's kind of I think there's three. I think that second tier is good enough to distinguish itself from the lower, let's say. Sixty five percent. So the, so theoretically, the next tier is Vardy, Lacazette, Firmino. Um. I put Raul Jimenez in there. So did you. Yeah. And, and I think I, this, this is me being generous, but I think Callum Wilson belongs in there. I I don't think you're being generous. I think that's correct. And I think that's where it ends. Where do you get to like the Olivier Giroux's of the world? Yeah. It's like Giroux, Jesus, uh, Lukaku. Like I think at that point, if Glenn Murray scored more goals than them, you're like, yeah, okay. So the one name I wanted to bring up because Arnautovic is 99% sold. Yeah. Um, you know, Chicharito was also once thought of to be sold away yeah. as well. Like, I don't think that's ruled out yet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, West Ham forward, go. <laughs> like, you know who the one guy that I actually, that they were talking about, and it wasn't Andy Carroll. That, Charlie Austin? Uh, no, although <laughs> that's interesting too, was uh, Salomon Rondon. Yeah, they've talked about a lot of people there. West Ham have money. Yeah. Uh, with the new stadium. They yeah. do have and money. Newcastle likes to get it back. <laughs> yeah, I thought they were going to be on the IOZ Paris market. Mm. Soft market. Too, I saw Tottenham Soft or... market. Yeah. <laughs> they also want Yannick Carrasco, too, which is kind of crazy. Mm. Uh, no, but I mean, West Ham is there. West Ham in general, is, like, I had Declan Rice written down as a defender that was like, oh, that's an interesting name that we vary greatly on, but never really got to it. But West Ham in general, outside of Felipe Anderson, that's it. Well, it's a lot of question marks at all. Like <clears throat> Lanzini was great a few years ago, but like, or two years ago, then he got hurt and didn't really get back in. Robert Snodgrass just signed a new contract and take kind of takes up space. Michael Antonio obviously can play ever. There's your nine, by the way. That's who it is. That's a great FIFA number nine. Cause he's so fast, <laughs> but, uh, but, um, but not in real life, no, real life. No. But you love just playing FIFA I- guys. <laughs> yeah, I do. He, he like, like right now they're in the they have the uh, footies award, uh, the FIFA Ultimate Team awards. 
uh, and one of the categories was like just the re- just the pace guys. They don't do anything else but pace. Mm. So it's like Keita Balde and uh, uh, Gelson. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, but the Mike Ali uh, Ball stars basically. My, yeah, exactly. Well, you pay a premium for that because you can't. You can't like it. It, it makes up for a lot of mistakes, mm, and that happens speed. in real life too. But yeah. um. Yeah, you can't uh, teach yeah. you can't teach that level of speed. You can make someone go faster, just right, not right. that fast. Right. But I mean, Mikel Antonio, to be fair, he's lost his steps too. He's lost a couple steps. I guess. I mean, he's still huge. Yeah. He still he still makes everyone else look so small. Right. Right. And I mean, I, I'm not expecting that much out of him. Yeah. It's just I a, think his right leg is bigger than Raheem Sterling. <laughs> except for except for yeah, I mean, yeah, Mikel Antonio is just he, he's a unit. He, he's 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 a real unit out yeah. there. That's the only way I can put it. Um, but, I mean, we we mentioned Giroud, but like, you really think that Chelsea's going in and like that's the guy? <sighs> like, I ranked it as like he's the guy now. I ranked it as he's the guy. Yeah, wow. Just because I, I don't I don't think much of this youth re- revolution because I've never seen it at Chelsea ever. Yeah. Right. Right. When when it comes down to brass tacks and everyone's thinking about their jobs. Uh, Frank, yeah, because managers don't last long at Chelsea, right? Uh, uh, Frank Lampard is going to have a tough time explaining why he would start, let's say, a Batshuayi who struggled even in the Premier League mm-hmm. at times, uh, Tammy Abraham who did struggle in the Premier League, albeit with Swansea, and that was a terrible experience, um, over Olivier Giroud, who's proven, who's also struggled with Arsenal, but also proved to be a pretty useful guy last year with as a target man for. Yeah. Two wingers that can get forward, and mm-hmm. what do you know? They have two of those this year. Yeah, I like Giroud. I think he got a raw th- deal at Arsenal. I think he got a raw deal at Arsenal and a raw deal during the World Cup. I think he was incredibly useful for the likes of Antoine Griezmann. Right? Mm-hmm. He takes up space and he occupies defenders so that everyone else can have room. Yeah, it's a, it's a thankless job because he doesn't get on the score sheet that much, but he can play a pass or two. He can link up with a one-two, and with guys like Pulisic and uh, Hudson Odoi, eventually, like that's what they want, right? I, I don't. They don't want to go into the middle and get kick and have their heels kicked at all the time, especially right. Hudson Odoi, because one because his Achilles is because already his foot just might come right off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, that's good. I'd like to see Giroud play. That's all. I'd like to. See, I'd like to see them play two strikers. Well, because. Yeah, I mean, crazy here. One, let's do one at a time, right? We've played midfielders at striker for a long time right. at Chelsea. Right. Let's let's start with just one, huh? Um, actually, uh, the, the one name that's going to be very popular, um, because their first six fixtures are so good, uh, not Ruben Loftus-Cheek, but Dominic Calvert-Lewin, um, I think that we're both a little low. You know, I have him 17, you have him 24 amongst forwards, mm-hmm. and I, I, I think both of us have a level of skepticism as whether he's really nailed down this job, but if he does have the number nine position locked down at Everton with... Uh, you know, with those options around him, uh, feeding him service, it's kind of hard for him not to score 12, 13 goals minimum. Sure. But, I mean, I, I I guess. I mean, I think if you kind of account for Richarlison scoring more goals and Sigurdsson has obviously been scoring more, um, I think you can make the reasonable argument that he could finish at 9 and that's a good season for him. And I don't know. I, I've never been overly excited about Calvert Lewin. I feel like they should get either play either Richarlison there or get like a better striker. 
They should bring Lukaku back is what they should do. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I thought they made a mistake with Murata over Lukaku in the first place. Right. But we can't bring Lukaku back if we wanted to. Yeah. That, that, that transfer... No, I meant Everton. Everton. Oh, Everton. Oh, Everton. Sorry, I thought you were talking... Yeah. yeah. Everton should bring back... Yeah, of course. If they can bring back a 70 million yeah. striker, they totally should. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. They should also bring back Kurt Zuma, but they probably won't be able to now. Yeah. Oh, well. Ah. <sighs> This was fun. Yeah. I got no more names, man. I mean, I have like a ton of names, but we have other podcasts to tape, so I'll save them for that. Uh, well, on that note, we will end this episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. Thank you to Andrew, and thank you for all who submitted questions. We'll be soliciting feedback all the time. Please rate and review the podcast. Uh, if you want, if you want to uh, cheat the system, you can unsubscribe from the podcast, then resubscribe, then re-rate, and then re-review, and then you just keep doing that. And every <laughs> time you like show us a picture of you doing that, maybe I'll do like a soccer haiku right right at you, like something like that. But just keep doing that, right? Like keep 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 gaming the system. Uh, uh, we, we need it. So thank you all very much, and uh, we will talk to you again uh, when we update our rankings again, which should be pretty shortly. So thank you all for joining, and we'll catch you again on the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com